Let's say you hurt your pinky finger. Well, your pinky is part of your body, but it's not your whole body. If there's something wrong with your pinky, you need to pay attention to the pinky. That's the part that's got the problem. So if you have inner parts, like an inner child or an inner teenager or an inner critical parent or an inner loving parent, you need to deal with a part that's having the difficulty, but they're all still part of the whole you. Hi, I'm Barb Nangle. I want to welcome you to my podcast, Fragmented to Whole Life Lessons from 12-Step Recovery, where I help people heal their emotional, psychological, and spiritual wounds and make deep, lasting changes in their lives. I'm the founder and CEO of Higher Power Coaching and Consulting, LLC, where I coach people on how to develop healthy boundaries. On this podcast, I share my experience, strength, and hope from recovery. I don't support or endorse any particular 12-step recovery fellowship, and I don't claim to speak for any particular 12-step fellowship. I also don't believe that 12-step recovery is the only way to recover. You might need additional help. My hope is that you'll find my words concretely helpful in improving your life, whether you're in recovery or not. This is episode 181, Five Methods for Reparenting Myself, What That Looks Like for Me. One of my recovery programs includes reparenting yourself. The need arises for reparenting when you grow up in a dysfunctional family where the parents weren't able to teach the children healthy tools and coping skills for how to manage life. If we weren't taught behaviors that lead to peace and serenity, We need to sort of go back and reparent ourselves. Now, I didn't realize until a couple of years into my recovery journey that some of the things I was doing were me reparenting myself. It was only on reflection that I realized like, oh, wait, that was me reparenting myself. In this episode, I'm going to share with you five of the things I've done to reparent myself and what that's done for me. One of the most important things I did was get a copy of a picture of myself that I absolutely love. I was probably three years old in the picture. I'm literally looking at it right now as it sits on my dresser. There's a sticky note across the top of it that says, I love you just the way you are, Barb. I looked at that picture very regularly. I looked her right in the eyes and I said loving things to her. When I first started doing this work, I'd look at that picture on a regular basis and say good and kind things to her. And one day, not long after I had started doing that, I heard this song come on the radio and I thought, that's it. That's my song that I need to sing to little me. So I shazammed it. For those of you who don't know what Shazam is, it's an app that identifies songs with just a few notes of the song and it tells you the title and the artist. The song that I shazammed is called The Reason. It's by the band Hoobastank. And what attracted me was these words. I found a reason for me to change who I used to be, a reason to start over new, and the reason is you. And I felt like that was the grown-up Barb saying to my inner child, And I just sort of organically came up with a process whereby every morning I'd play that song on YouTube and I'd sing it along with the video while looking at that photo. Side note, the video for that song is crazy. It sounds like it's a song from one lover to another. 
but what's depicted in the official video is some kind of bank robbery. So don't watch that one. Just listen to the words. I've actually put a link to that in the show notes, and I put a link to the one with just the words. Anyway, not long after that, I also came across the song Second Chance by Shinedown. So I added that song every morning. And the way I thought about that song was it was me singing it to my parents. Now, the video of this one, which isn't crazy, and I've also linked in the show notes, shows the story of a young woman leaving her family's home in the dark of night to pursue her dreams. Some of the words of that song that are relevant for me are, tell my mother, tell my father that I've done the best I can to make them realize this is my life. I hope they understand I'm not angry. I'm just saying sometimes goodbye is a second chance. And again, this sort of happened organically. Now, I did this process of singing both of these songs every single morning for about a year, and then I just sort of stopped. And it wasn't until probably a year after that, that I realized that was me reparenting myself. I was stepping up for my inner child and letting her know on a daily basis, I know I've abandoned you repeatedly over the years, but I'm not going to do that anymore as well as acknowledging to my parents, I'm taking over now, I'm now in charge of my life, and I'm not going to hold you responsible any longer. I also did mirror work. This is where I looked myself in the eyes in the mirror and said, I love you just the way you are, Barb. Now, I didn't believe it or mean it when I started doing it, I felt fucking ridiculous when I did it, as a matter of fact, but I still did it. Even though I was crying, resisting doing it, I still did it. Today, years later, I really mean it. I regularly catch my eye in the bathroom mirror and I get this sort of like impish grin on my face and I say, I love you, Barb, just the way you are. And I mean it. It is magical. Another thing that I did to reparent myself was to cultivate an inner loving parent. I came up with a character in my head that would represent a loving parent to me. Some people use themselves as their inner loving parent. Some people choose someone they actually know or maybe a real person from history. And others choose a character from a book or a movie or a TV show as their inner loving parent. Now, I chose a character from the movie and the book, The Shack. The first depiction of God in that movie was a Black woman who was played by the actress Octavia Spencer. And for some reason, that was who I decided I want to have as my inner living parent. If you're not familiar with the book or the movie, The Shack, it's definitely one of the top five books I have ever read. In reading that book, this is why it's one of the top five. I came to really understand how God loves the perpetrator just as much as the victim. Now, it's a disturbing story because some really horrendous shit happens. But then what happens is one of the characters goes to this shack for the weekend, thus the title of the book, and ends up spending the weekend with God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. And in that weekend, the first depiction of God is a black woman. And I decided that's who I want as my inner loving parent. I think it was because of the way she was portrayed in the movie. 
And I call my inner loving parent Big Mama, and here's why. Years ago, I worked on a college access program, and we would sometimes video record the people who were facilitating the group with the students. They were facilitating our curriculum. And one of the recordings that I watched was of one of my colleagues who was doing a workshop with the adolescents that was really powerful for me. And one of the things she did was talk about her extended family. And in her family, Big Mama was the matriarch of the family. And the way she talked about this woman and her family and the love and the care and the nurturing she expressed about her extended family was something I just absolutely yearned for. I had never experienced that. I had never even seen it. So it always stuck with me after I saw that. So I decided to call my inner loving parent, Big Mama. It just made sense to me that I had this image of this Black woman as God, that she be called Big Mama. Now, once I had this vision of an inner loving parent in my imagination, I then wrote her a letter because that was the guidance I was given. And in the letter, I told her what I wanted and needed from her. And one of the things I learned about healthy parents in some of my recovery work, specifically from Pia Melody, who does a lot of work in the area of codependence, is that healthy parents nurture, affirm, and set boundaries with their children. And now when I read that, I remember thinking, well, I better write that shit down because I did not know that. So in the letter to my inner loving parent, I said, dear big mama, I need you to nurture, affirm, and set boundaries with me. And then I added some of my own things like, I need you to comfort me, to soothe me and love me and hug me and caress me and tell me that I'm a good girl and that I didn't do anything wrong. Now, it took me a couple of years to realize that me choosing this character, who was the image of God in the movie as my inner loving parent, was another way of making my higher power my loving parent, which I think is really cool, especially because I didn't realize it. The vast majority of the time when I'm reparenting myself, I don't access Big Mama. For me, most of the time reparenting means I'm good and kind to myself. I don't say shitty things to myself in my head. I treat myself kindly. I take care of my body. I take care of my emotions. I take care of my home and that sort of thing. That's what it mostly means for me. Reparenting myself is basically just being good and kind to myself. But at certain times when I'm super fucking triggered, reparenting means that I invoke this inner loving parent, Big Mama, to take care of me. And of course, I'm doing all this in my imagination. It's not actually happening in the real world. But this notion of reparenting in this fashion comes from internal family systems theory. This is a modality of healing and it really really works. The idea is that we have a bunch of inner parts and they're sort of like an inner family. And the theory is that they're all trying to keep us safe and from harm. The different parts are sometimes at odds about how to do that though. And the theory is that you can work with each of those parts to get them all on the same page. I heard a really awesome metaphor today when I was at a workshop about why we talk about parts. And it was like, well, 
Let's say you hurt your pinky finger. Well, your pinky is part of your body, but it's not your whole body. If there's something wrong with your pinky, you need to pay attention to the pinky. That's the part that's got the problem. So if you have inner parts, like an inner child or an inner teenager or an inner critical parent or an inner loving parent, you need to deal with a part that's having the difficulty. But they're all still part of the whole you. And I really like that metaphor of the pinky in the body. In any case, there have been probably six or seven times since I started reparenting when I have needed to invoke this inner loving parent. It's when I've been super fucking triggered. And when that's happened, I've imagined that I'm little and big mama is big and she is holding me and loving me and nurturing me and affirming me and caressing me. And I cannot fucking tell you how important it has been. At the times that I've done it, it's just been astonishing. One of my friends in recovery has, as their inner loving parents, Mr. Rogers and Big Bird. Can you imagine having that amazing pair as your inner loving parents? Whoever you need is who you should use. I have another friend in recovery whose inner loving parent is Jed Clampett from the Beverly Hillbillies TV show from the 60s. He wanted Jed because Jed always had a shotgun and this friend had a particularly violent childhood where he did not feel safe at all. And he wanted a loving parent who was literally going to protect him. So whatever you need to feel safe, love, protected, and whatever else you needed but didn't get as a kid, that's what will guide you in choosing an inner loving parent. Some of the other things I've done to reparent myself have been to get in touch with my inner child by doing non-dominant handwriting. I'm right-handed, which means I write with my right hand, so my non-dominant hand is my left hand. And the way I was taught to do this was to write something to your inner child with your dominant hand, in my case, my right hand. And you start by interacting like you would with a real child. So maybe by saying, hey, it's good to meet you. You wouldn't just plunge in and say, tell me your deepest, darkest secrets. Just start casually to get acquainted. And then you respond by writing with your non-dominant hand. For me, it's my left hand that I'm responding with for my inner child. Now, what I've learned is that if you write with a crayon with your non-dominant hand, it brings you even more deeply into your inner child. And it's astonishing what happens. There's stuff that has come out of me in this non-dominant handwriting exercise. I've probably done it 10 times. And I would say probably seven of the 10 times something really profound has come out. And maybe three times it's been like, whatever, just kind of mundane shit. But it's kind of astonishing that I'm the same person. Those are both of my hands. They're mine. But something about writing with a non-dominant hand allows you to tap into the young parts of yourself. I don't know how to explain that. I'm not a psychologist, but it taps into something real and it gives me messages that actually help me. Some of the other things that I've done is that I've gotten other things from my childhood in addition to my little kid pictures. One thing I have on my altar slash top of dresser is the Raggedy Ann doll that my mom made for me. 
I also saw a book online one time last year that we had when I was a kid. It's called Who's a Pest? So I bought it just for the memory. I have it on my bookshelf and I can see it from my bed. Just seeing that book that was so familiar as a child brings me some kind of comfort. I also had these little teeny tiny dolls when I was little that are called Little Kittle Cologne Dolls that I just love. I had three of them. So I found them on eBay and I bought the one that's called the Lily of the Valley doll. And I was super excited to open it and smell the smell of the Lily of the Valley, but it smelled like plastic. So I was disappointed. And so I bought a Lily of the Valley essential oil and put a drop of it on the doll and it smelled like the perfect combination of plastic and lily of the valley and really brought me back. Now, I'm not sure why doing these particular things with the memories from childhood, you know, the toys and such, help me. I'm not sure why or how it works, but perhaps it's because I've done so much in recovery to wade through all of the shit of my life that it's nice to bring forward these really wonderful memories. And it helps tremendously to do so using multiple senses, to have something tangible, like a doll or a book or a scented doll, is somehow very comforting. Now, these are just some of the strategies you can use to reparent yourself. These are the ones I've personally done that have worked for me. And a couple of things that have helped me to do all these things without feeling all weird about it is that I'm in recovery with others who have done the same things and they've worked for them. So I've got people doing the same thing as me. And then I've also grown to care so much less what other people think of me. If I'm doing something that's helping me to heal and to be a better person and it's not hurting anyone else, then fuck what other people think. So here's a recap of the things that I've personally done to repair myself. One is I got a picture of myself from when I was little. It's my favorite picture of me. I look at it often and I say loving things to the picture. And I really look at it. I don't look at it in detail as much now as I used to, but I still look at it regularly. Two, I did mirror work. This was super important. It felt really weird and awkward. Just do it anyway. Three, I cultivated an inner loving parent. And then I wrote a letter to them, letting them know what I need. And then when I'm really in need, I invoke them in my mind and imagine them doing and saying the things that I wrote in the letter. Uh, The fourth thing is to do the non-dominant handwriting. And the fifth is to get your hands on some items from your childhood, whether they're your actual items, like my Raggedy Ann doll, or similar items like the book and the doll I ordered online. Maybe you had a beloved toy that got destroyed in a fight in your family, or maybe somebody gave your shit away to somebody else. Well, perhaps you can get one of those same things online as a way to soothe your inner child in ways that you weren't soothed in your actual family. I've done all of these things, but the main way that I reparent myself is that I'm good to myself and I'm kind to myself. I take care of myself. I follow through for myself. I show up for myself. I take care of my physical body, my home, my finances, my emotions. I set healthy boundaries with myself and I set healthy boundaries with others. 
you can make the reparenting process as simple or as complex as necessary. It's about you and what you need. If you're ready to finally have an enjoyable, relaxing summer doing things you really want to do, instead of always following other people's agendas, I have some openings for private clients right now. If you are really tired of saying yes to things you really don't want to do and being overly accommodating to others, this is for you. It's time to start accommodating yourself. Maybe you're dissatisfied with your relationships and overwhelmed with all kinds of difficult feelings because of your interactions with others. If you'd like to get your life in order before the summer hits, go to barbchat.net and sign up for a free 30-minute call with me about my private coaching so we can get started right away. That way, you'll be done by summer. This is for people who are finally ready to make deep, lasting changes in their relationship patterns, including their relationships with themselves, their partners, family, friends, and colleagues. Go to barbchat.net. If you like this podcast, and I'm guessing you did or you wouldn't still be listening, then you're going to love the other things I have to offer. If you'd love pre-release podcast scripts and episodes before anyone else gets them, or if you'd love access to content from my private vault that I developed exclusively for my private clients, which is like having a work session with me without me actually being there, go to patreon.com slash higher power coaching. There are three tiers ranging from as low as $4 up to $24 a month. You'll also love my weekly newsletter, Friday Fragments, which has content very similar to the podcast. You can check it out at fridayfragments.news. That's fridayfragments.news. Please like and subscribe to my podcast on your favorite podcast outlet. I'd also love it if you'd leave a review, which you can do either in the show notes or on Apple Podcasts. It really helps other people find my podcast so they can get the benefits you've gotten from listening. If someone came to mind when you listen to this particular episode, please share it with them. And my favorite place to hang out on social media is Instagram. I'm at Higher Power Coaching. Please DM me there. I'd love to hear what you got from this episode. I run group and private coaching programs on building healthy boundaries. Whether you need help, with boundaries in your personal, professional, or romantic life, I can help. Head on over to barbchat.net where you can hop onto my calendar for a free 30-minute Better Boundaries consultation. My ideal client is someone who is ripe for change. If that's you, I would love to work with you. My goal with all my work is to help you make lasting changes in your life like I've made deep lasting changes in my life. Remember, it's never too late to recover. No one is beyond hope and healing is possible. Thanks for listening.